Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast episode 7, the Colin Kaepernick edition. Uh, I am your host, Javier Vega, alongside with my guy, Leo Luna. Uh, a lot to cover this week. 49ers did win 34-10 against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, week season, week three of the preseason, finally over. And now we are on to the regular season. Uh, the Giants, I think, are losing tonight. The Yankees are up again on the Angels. Uh, a lot of good sports going on right now. Um, some unfortunate news in San Francisco with, with, uh, Johnny Holland. And then of course the latest news on Trey Lance, we'll, we'll get to all that here in a second. Leo, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Dude, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Daughter's finally back in school. So that means less YouTube, less TikTok videos that are posted on YouTube, more studying, more reading, more math, more history, all of that good stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm doing fantastic. 49ers beat the Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. So that that's, you know, always a heartwarming thing when you can just laugh at that franchise. It doesn't matter if it was their second strings or their third strings, as they tell me on Twitter or Instagram. I don't care. 49ers beat the Raiders. That's just what these two teams are about. Because <laughs> if it was the other way around, I already know the Raiders fan base would be going crazy about beating the 49ers. So yeah, you, you definitely got to take this dub. Yeah, any win over the Raiders is a good day, a uh, good week. Uh, the 49ers did win 34-10. Kyle Shanahan displayed his unique offense. We'll get into that in a second. Um, the first thing to hit on is the Trey Lance injury. Uh, Kyle Shanahan spoke today on a conference call. Uh, in regards to Trey Lance, he did hit his thumb slash finger on someone's helmet in the game. Uh, Kyle Shanahan says it's a microchip of a bone that's off. He chipped it, which is a small chip fracture, which is worse than a jam. That's why it's not going to just heal on its own without taking um, taking time. He can't take snaps and do all that stuff right now, so we've just got to rest it for seven days, they say, and that should make it heal, and hopefully it'll be good enough for next Monday when we get into practice. So next Monday will be... The practice for the Detroit Lions. Um, So hopefully Trey Lance is going to be fine uh, based off this. From what I understand, this is a microchip fracture. So it's more so swelling in the fingertips. So if he's going to take snaps, it's going to cause some irritation and some pain. So getting him a full week's rest of that and not having to take snaps should be fine. Probably more film study for Trey on the the iPad. Get those hours up for Trey. Um, You know, this this is the preseason Accidents happen. This is more of just an accident. Trey took harder hits all preseason before this. So I, I wouldn't take I'm not too concerned about it. When they get into their game plans, those are usually gonna be on Tuesdays of the game week, not the Monday. So when you consider seven days off, Trey Lance is gonna come back next Tuesday. That'll be day number eight. Uh so he'll be ready to go week one. If it's not anything further than that. I don't know why it was called seven days instead of just saying, hey, he's going to be out for a week. That's like saying your baby is 12 months old instead of a year old. Like, guy, just just, <laughs> just round it up, please. And uh, so and it's kind of crazy <laughs> of these athletes. Oh, yeah. He, you know, has has a chip of his bone broken in his finger, but he'll be back in a week. <laughs> myself i would just be you know get get the violin honey like i'm out for i'm out for a month uh but these guys are obviously at the level that they're playing because 
they're nowhere near, uh, or at least I should say, I'm nowhere near their level. But yeah, Trey Lance, if if it's just a week, uh, as Kyle Shanahan is saying, that means whatever game plan he's involved in with a two quarterback system, which that's what the hell it looks like at this point, he should be ready to go for week one as well as, you know, installing the game plan for week one, I should say, rather than just saying he's available game day. He's available for the full-on week one NFL experience, baby. I don't think it's going to affect the game plan. You know, if he's good for, if he's good in seven days, then he's going to be out there for practice on Tuesday, Wednesday. Then they have walk through Thursday, another walk through Friday. And then they're on the plane, you know, for Detroit. And then they won't be back until week three. So, um, Kyle showed off his new toy, Trey Lance. He showed off his redesigned offense, kind of, uh, versus the the Las Vegas Raiders. This two QB system, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is what Kyle wants to do. More so, he's doing this out of necessity to make sure Trey can get on the field. Um, on the call today. He had some comments um, about Trey and the situation. Um, you know, I kind of want to get to that first. You know, Chris Biederman asked a really good question. So let me, let's bring that in and then we'll talk about that here in a second. What's the biggest challenge you face in terms of the, approaching the season and knowing that you have a guy that you're developing for the long term while also understanding you have a team that's, that's ready to contend right now? Um, yeah, you know, if I take in a, you know, there's a, there's a couple things to it, but if, you know, I sit in, that's why I try to make it start with what gives you the best chance to win. And that's kind of what you owe to an organization. That's, that's what you owe to your building. That's what you owe to all the, the players and coaches on the team who are grinding every single week. And, you know, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, whether it's personnel people, I mean, you do what you can to win. And if you're not, I don't feel like you're being fair to people. I mean, I always try to look at everything as wins and losses depend on where, where you're telling your kids they're going to school at the end of the year. And that, that's a big deal to a lot of people, to everybody, to families and to the individual. And so you always try to think of when it's your decision, hey, what helps us win and keep it there? At the same time, I get um, spinning the draft picks to get a young quarterback and you got to do what's right for that guy too. And what has, I think, been tough on Trey is uh, he didn't get to play football all last year. And so regardless of what happens, I'm always trying to make sure that Trey doesn't go a whole nother year without playing football. We're going to make sure that we do what's best for him, getting him reps on the, on the practice field, hopefully in games too. And we'll see how this all pans out. But my order of thinking always starts with what's best for this organization, what gives organization the best chance to win. And then after that, I'm, I'm always thinking of the individual. So Kyle hit, you know, he hit on this two quarterback system thing. Um, and he talked about the challenges between having obviously Jimmy Garoppolo because you know you can win with him, and then Trey Lance being the rookie that you you know you spent three first round picks on. To me, a lot of this is like I want to slowly rip this bandaid off throughout the season. So I'm going to get Trey in here. Um, you know, there was a conversation I had a cup earlier today. Was what's the snap count for Trey Lance week one? Over or under ten snaps, right? If you start breaking down snap counts and Offensive play calls, you know, the 49ers average about 45 to 50 plays. You start slowly bringing in Trey in there. You start having him take 10, 15. Oh, here's 20. Now he's getting almost 50-50 share, you know, by week four, week five. And then before you know it, Trey's taking 
80% of the snaps, you know, because you're really, you have a Trey Lance package. You don't have a Jimmy Garoppolo package. So there's just, there's just a lot of stuff here that's going on. It just, it, I just have a whole bunch of questions. I don't know if a two QB system is sustainable because, yeah, you know, you're going to bring in Lance for these, these gadgety plays. To me, it just seems too gimmicky. Mamayoko mentioned that today on KMBR. He thought it, he thought the same thing. He said it's a little bit too gimmicky to run versus, you know, your regular first team defenses, whether that's Detroit or Philadelphia or what what happens when you're playing Seattle week three, I'm sorry, week four, and then week seven, you got the Colts who are really good on defense and you run into these teams. It just brings up a lot of questions. I, I think Kyle's getting a little bit too cute with this stuff. Yes, it's cool to run a couple of these things here, but to me, you kind of got to go either or with this. I don't, I'm, I'm not opposed to the QB two QB system. But I'm not very confident that it's gonna. It's a sustainable model, if that makes sense. I do get a little Shanna fan, um, fanboy to where it's like, ah, oh, yes, like Kyle, do this. No coach in the NFL has ever had the balls to just go straight out two quarterback system. We're gonna do it. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody says. We're gonna put these points on your head, and you know. And we're just going to enjoy it in the process and and basically have Jimmy stands and Trey Lance stands happy in the process as well. Well, to be honest, they're probably not going to be happy because they're going to bicker. Trey Lance should get 100. Jimmy should get 100. So never mind on that t- standpoint. But I, I am intrigued if this succeeds. If this is just flat out miserable come week one against the Detroit Lions, then it's like, hey, it don't it don't work like you got to figure it out. And to be honest, uh, even if you look at Jimmy G's stat line against the Raiders, like it, it's nothing real s- sexy. His passer rating was only an 87.8, which is by far below league average now maybe you know 87.8 would would have been good in 2008 2005 but in 2021 NFL 87.8 is below average uh and I thought he played a good game like because Jimmy Garoppolo is an in-rhythm passer you need you know these little Jimmy gimmies to get his confidence up to get him going to where he becomes a little more accurate with the football and he had a, a big third down completion to Trent Sherfield. I believe it was on a it looked like it may have been a comeback route or a dig. I have not watched the the all twenty two on that. Um, so I'll have, once I watch that, then I then I will know what the exact route was. But he basically threw it high to where only his receiver can get it. And a guy like Trent Sherfield, who you know he, he he's. I laughed at people saying he looked like Antonio Brown, but then I see him out there. He does kind of look like Antonio Brown. <laughs> uh, so my, you know, my foot's in my mouth on that one, but he put it right where only Sherfield could get it. Sherfield went up. No fear. Got it. First down. And that was a big play from Jimmy Garoppolo because he wasn't making that the week prior in Los Angeles against the chargers. He would. And then the first week against the chiefs, it was just three straight Jimmy gimme's. And he did nothing there, really, that you could, you know, talk about or evaluate. But that Oakland game, even though it's not the sexiest on the stat sheet, I think he played well. And I think Trey Lance played well when he was in there for Jimmy as well. So, you know, but obviously the factor in that is the Oakland Raiders defense has been poor for a while now. 
You've had guys like Arden Key talk about it, yeah. O'Hurst talk about it, current 49ers talk, even uh, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, who went over and signed with the Jets, I believe, talk about how piss poor the Raiders defense has been mismanaged. So you would have preferred to see them do that against a different team because maybe you get a better look or a better evaluation. Maybe if you flip week one Kansas City with week three Raiders, like that probably would have looked better for you. Um, but I just want to see it work for Kyle to to put everything he has on the table and says, look, we're running this. This is what I want to do. Um, I, I tweeted it out on game day to where you, you have those two profile pictures of Jimmy. One's Jimmy Garoppolo, one's Trey Lance. And you go, this is what we see when we think about the two quarterbacks. So what Kyle Shanahan sees is them molded together. That's where the, his face uh, and their two faces molded together ended up looking a little like Colin Kaepernick. So I thought that was kind of funny. But th- that's basically what he wants Trey Lance to be down the future is have those little things that, that Jimmy has now that Trey Lance isn't quite there yet. Um, but this, I want to see it work. I, I, I'm I going to straight Shanahan fanboy, not 49ers fanboy, Shanahan fanboy to where he's the first ever coach in the NFL to make basically have two starting quarterbacks. Hell, you have three starting receivers, two starting running backs sometimes, two starting tight ends sometimes in some offenses. Uh, why not be the first team to you know have two starting quarterbacks, essentially? Uh, why? Because both these guys are rhythm passers. That's why. That's why you don't do this. That's why you shouldn't do this. I think this might be the first time we disagree on something on the, on the show, which is good. It's necessary. Um, you know, if you going with Trey... I just feel like you're, you're going to... Kyle wants to run the ball 500 times, right? In 2019, they ran the ball 498 times, and they passed 478. Kyle, the way everything looks, on Sunday, they ran the ball 48 times to 22 passes. 48 rushes and 22 passes. You know the recipe for success here. Kyle wants to run the ball. So if that's the case, you want to run the ball that much, you might as well play Trey Lance. We've talked about this, right? Your first two weeks... You should be able to win these games by running the ball 30 times plus and throwing under 25 passes. So to me, it, just give the kid the keys already. Yeah, he's not going to be as efficient as Jimmy Garoppolo, but you're going to get more highs with Trey Lance as your starting quarterback. Um, and I'm not anti-Jimmy by any means. I just have my questions about, you know, what defense are going to look at, how they're going to look at him, you know. We saw it in 2020 when he was healthy. Defenses dared him to throw. Are we going to see that again? Right? When when Trey Lance comes in, I'm the, one of the few first plays, one of the first passes he actually attempted, it was he held he holds the linebackers with the RPO or the read, op, read option look. And then you, you have three or four linebackers, three or four defensive players in conflict because Kyle gives him so much eye candy. And he's able to roll to his left based on the boot and he has a wide open Jalen Hurd. It's like these things, he's, the threat of Trey Lance running is causing linebackers in the last three games to be in conflict. Jimmy Garoppolo does not do that. So you, that's why you end up with these Jimmy throws to linebackers. Like they're, they're not biting on this RPO. They don't think Jimmy's a mobile threat either here. So if you're going to run the ball as much as, you, as, as, much as I think they're going to run the ball, you might as well turn the keys over and stop messing around with this two quarterback system. You know, Kyle said it in the, in the, uh, in his press conference, 
you know, he's going to get he's going to get Trey snaps regardless. Just give him the snaps. You just spent all this capital on the guy. Give him the snaps. Um, but Albert Breer put something out tonight. Just really quick. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not saying I personally would do the two quarterback system. I'm saying if Kyle Shanahan want to do wants to do that, I'm going to go ahead and just ride with coach here. And only for this reason, one, he's a hell of a lot smarter than me, uh, which is, you know, pretty easy to be. And then two, it's instead of the defense studying 100% of the time for Trey Lance, now they're studying Trey Lance 50% of the time, 40% of the time, or just 30% of the time. Um, so where I can see him wanting to have those type of advantages, I see the look you're giving me, Javi, right now. Um, but if that's what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, I'm just in a roll. I'm just in a roll with coach. He he has, uh, obviously the accolades that I don't have to make that decision, but yeah, I, if it was solely up to me, just rip the bandaid off, go with Trey Lance, go with, like I said, the Neapolitan sandwich, but Hey, it, now you're going to have defenses try to try to decide, do they want the Napoleon sandwich or do they want the vanilla sandwich? And they may be caught slipping while they're making that decision. And that's where the 49ers could take advantage and end up. They're the ones taking both of those ice cream sandwiches. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, it, it's not something that I can fathom watching, say, all 17 games or into the playoffs or into the Super Bowl. Yeah. But if this is what he wants to do to roll out Trey Lance and get his confidence up, I'm all for that 100% instead of just Trey Lance sitting the bench. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. <clears throat> I would push back on the teams prepping, you know, solely for Lance. I, I, I don't think teams are prepping too hard for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm not trying to knock Jimmy Garoppolo. We just know what's coming. We know what's going to happen here. We can see it. When the plays develop, thank God for Kyle Shanahan to get. They have to study for those Jimmy gimmies. What are you talking about? <laughs> and you have to. You ask Jimmy to make a couple of throws here and there, big time throws in a game. You're going to ask him to do that maybe two, three times a game. The other, you know, thirty-five pass attempts for Jimmy. They're going to be these clear outs like we saw with Debo Samuel against the Raiders. So, to, again, if they're gonna, if they're wanting to run the ball as much as they do, as much as they showed in this pre in this preseason. You might as well just give Lance the keys. I understand he's injured right now, but when he gets back, I would make sure to get him a very large portion of the game day snaps um, if you're going to run this system, which is, I'm with Coach too, I am, but I'm also very skeptical that it would work. Um, Now, speaking of skeptical, Albert Breer put out a piece tonight. Um, He states in here, I understand the the skepticism that the Niners will be able to make Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, shuttle work. But as a counter, I've got a story to tell you, one that I think will bring some context to Kyle Shanahan's staff ability to pull it off. And so I'll take you back to 2012 and Washington, where Shanahan, an offensive coordinator, and his dad was head coach and Niners offensive coordinator Mike McDaniels was a quality control coach. After drafting RG3 with the second pick in April, Kyle Shanahan built it built an adapted version of Baylor's air raid offense that Griffin ran in college to shorten the learning curve. At the same time, he was developing Kirk Cousins to play within the tried and true version of Shanahan's scheme. And one reason there was so much tension at the end of the season, both before and after Griffin tore his ACL in the playoffs was what happened in December of this year. Griffin had designs on playing quarterback in a more conventional dropback sort of way, but wasn't ready to do that 
at the NFL level. Then he got nicked up and missed the, the game on December 16th as a result. So the Shanahan's toggled back to playing the scheme that Mike had run for two decades for Cousins, and that increased Griffin's camp. Incessance, excuse me, incessant Griffin's camp, who thought that how Griffin showed should be deployed. Cousins wound up throwing for 329 yards, two TDs, a pick, and 104.4 pass rating that day. In a 38-21 to win in Cleveland, things weren't the same after that because between the team and Griffin, but that's not the point of telling the story. The point is that I believe there's a coach who's capable of flipping back and forth in identifying in identity on offense. It's Shanahan be able to flip from an air raid scheme to a West Coast scheme and back again in the span of three Sundays is proof. Now, do I think Grappolo shuttle, Grappolo land shuttle will work? I don't know, nor do I know whether Shanahan's really going to roll that out against Detroit in week one. But what I do know is that the Niners have been mulling this for a while and the idea it could, it could work for them and be a huge headache for everyone else really isn't bonkers. Yeah, it's not crazy to think that it'll work, but at the same time, you run the risk of it not working and costing you games because you want to be cute. You know, I, I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a great coach, but sometimes, you know, sometimes maybe just dial it back a notch here, Kyle. Stop being so cute and just run one thing that's going to work for you. And you you selected this quarterback because he took so many snaps under center, because he took so many play action drops, because he was able to flip the image in his head after he had turned his back to the defense. Like you did all these things for this guy and you want to run this gimmicky thing just to go back to the other thing. It just, to me, it feels like there's gonna be a really big headache and a lot of, you know, tension somewhere is going to happen. And I'm, that's what I'm afraid of. The best thing is that they have Alex Mack under center they have a smart guy like Lincoln Tomlinson and, you know, another all pro guy in Trent Williams or else. And then, you know, a, a brain uh, wizard in Mike McGlinchey. The guy's really smart, went to Notre Dame. Um, obviously, he, he needs something in between his ears if he went to that school or else if this offensive line wasn't a mixture of those guys, it would be brutal to where you could have misassignments and and getting confused between the schemes. But also what makes this difficult is Shanahan is putting a lot of freaking work on his plate. It's a lot of work. Uh, You're basically game planning for two games in one game. Like Albert Breer, great, great context with the Kirk Cousins and, and RG3 there. I actually do see the similarities, but instead of having a week-by-week basis, you're talking about a down-by-down, a series-by-series basis, which is a lot of work. It's it's kind of crazy to do. That's why no coach has done it. Um, I would like to see Shanahan to be successful with it just because, one, A, it's the 49ers, B, it's Shanahan, C, it's never been done before, so it would be kind of cool to watch. But it hasn't been done before for a reason it's not just because you know coaches don't want to do it um or they're reluctant to do it no it's because it's freaking difficult and damn near impossible to run these aren't the same style quarterbacks these are two different style quarterbacks so you have two separate game plans for these guys and whew, i just it, it, you're kind of like uh having say i for whatever reason on this podcast with you i just go back to food i was gonna say it's kind of like having 
Panda Express and eating it with the tortilla. That's what you're doing. You uh, it, you go with one quarterback. That's either the Panda Express. The other one is say the Mexican food, and and that's how you game plan. Instead, you're mixing these two together, and and it's going to be really difficult. It's different. It's odd. I'm not sure if it's going to work, but you know I'm here for it. And that's what it sounds like they're going to do, at least week one, based off the way last week when they asked. Jimmy Garoppolo, do you know who's going to be the starting quarterback? And he said, hell yeah, I do. Um, so it sounds like it may be what we saw this past Sunday against the Raiders. If it works, it works great for everybody. Um, I'm just skeptical. I think I just have my concerns I think you should be skeptical. I, I don't want to sound like I'm saying anyone shouldn't be skeptical too. You should be as well. Um, we'll, we'll just, you know, the, I'm just like coming to the reality. That's what we're going to see week one. So I'm trying to wrap my head up to be hyped for week one NFL football. That's all. Yeah. I mean, not to, not to downplay it like that. Cause I mean, watching it on Sunday was very exciting, right? It was like, Oh, here we go. You know, you got a couple snaps from Jimmy and then you come in, here comes, here comes Lance that read option holds the outside linebacker. And there goes, there goes most of out the backside for 17 yards. And if Lance holds it, he can run up the middle for another 25 yards. Like he, I get it. There's a lot of, there's a lot to like with it. It's just could cause a lot of confusion, could cause delay games, some weird penalties. Just something can mess it up, and that's what I'm worried about. You know, you can have a real big drive killer getting really cute there, and those are the type of things that worry me with it. Um, and then, of course, you know what happens with the locker room, right? Like, what if what if it becomes a, what if it becomes something where it's like, hey, Trey, your snap count's going to keep going up, Jimmy's going to keep going down. And the team notices that, and it just makes it an issue. And those are the type of things that I worry about. Um, I do believe it's a good locker room, but at the same time, there are loyalties everywhere. So we'll see how this goes. Um, any final thoughts on the 49ers 2QB two two QB, uh, system? My final thought is, while I'm excited just to see it play out uh, purely because it's it's never been done before, at least on a winning spectrum, I don't think it's going to last 17 weeks, and I do see this as an easy way to get Trey Lance involved, and eventually there's going to be one guy having the short end of the stick, and it's going to be the guy you did not invest three first-round draft picks in, unfortunately. Um, when will that come? Not sure, but it may be, this is Kyle's way of saying, hey, I have... Week seven after the bye week, that's when I want Trey Lance to be the full-on starter. I don't want to throw him in the deep end of the pool and say swim. Instead, uh, by using this two-quarterback package thing, I'm going to take him to the the short end of the pool and then take him all the way through into the deep end while I hold his hand doing so. Um, so maybe that's Kyle Shanahan's way, and I don't think it's going to be the longevity of the season. Because uh, I know if you had hair on your head, you would rip it out, Hobby. Thanks for the low blow there, Leo. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Kyle's going to hold his hand, Kyle can hold his hand now. Just saying, he could hold his hand right now. Um, but it's 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 going to be very interesting. Uh, I appreciate Kyle Shanahan's creativity, Mike McDaniel's creativity with all this. The run game is very exciting. That's what I'm most excited about when it comes to this 2QB system. Um it's just something to watch. We'll see how this all goes. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, roster cuts are, by the time you're hearing this, roster cuts have probably have passed or started. 
Um, Leo, the Niners have a solid roster all the way throughout. Is there someone that would surprise you if they got cut to make room for one of these younger guys that are in here? Someone who might sneak up on somebody uh, in this uh, on this roster? I think Wayne, cutting Wayne Gallman would surprise me. Uh, just to add in a Jermichael Hasey who looks nice. He Someone did try to sign him off the practice squad last year, but he had that conversation with Kyle Shanahan and uh, to where Hasty thought it was best for him to stay. But I think the 49ers are more willing to roll the dice on Hasty once again and and try to throw him on the practice squad and keep Gallman. If you cut Gallman, he's gone. He's signing somebody else with someone else in a quickness. And I think he's just that other bigger back that you need. It's Raheem Moster is not that bigger back. He's your speed back. Trey Sermon is your bigger back. But then after Trey Sermon, it's, it's not Elijah Mitchell. It's not Jermichael Hasty. It's Wayne Gallman. So I think I'll be surprised if Wayne Gallman gets gets cut and then all the other guys besides Trey Sermon are kind of just, just smaller backs. Um, so I would be surprised on that one. Another guy I would be surprised with would probably be Juwan Jennings. If Juwan Jennings got cut to keep a guy like Travis Benjamin, um, I, I would be shocked if Jennings got cut in order to keep uh, Benjamin. Yeah, it's kind of the reversed uh, flip there, cutting the younger guy to keep the older guy. Uh, Benjamin does add that deep threat within the offense compared to Jennings. Uh, he's not going to be running no deep fades to go ahead and stretch out a defense like Benjamin would. But I would be shocked if they kept Benjamin over Jennings. Um, that that's as far as the offense side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. I, I feel like that's more clear cut, and there's no one really that I would say, oh, I would be shocked if they're cut necessarily, other than say the D line. Like I would expect Alex Barrett had a good game against the Raiders. I would expect him to get cut. Um, Jordan Willis is obviously going to stay on this team, but he's going to be suspended for the first six games. Um, Contavious Street, I know he's kind of at the end of that rotation just because they're so deep. I guess I would be shocked if Contavious Street got cut because he he looks so good in that uh, in that practice with the Chargers in those Thursday and Friday of a couple weeks now. I guess we're we're getting closer to. Yeah, Contavious Street. That's man, Zach Kerr, Contavious Street. Which way do they go? Um, I would be surprised if Contavious Street got cut, but if it means keeping Zach Kerr, I guess I would understand it. I think a guy that I'm, I'm kind of, I would be surprised if he got cut is Jonas Griffith, right? He's had a really good camp. He's had a really good preseason, but the 49ers have obviously Fred Warner. He's not going anywhere. They paid him a lot of money. Drake Greenlaw, uh, exceptional player. He's not going anywhere. Um, Aziz Al-Shahir, they really like him. So he's staying. Demetrius Flanagan Foles, another guy they like, quality special teamer. He's probably staying. Do you take Jonas Griffin or Marcel Harris? Ooh, and that's See, a question that I have. Like, would you go with Jonas or would you go with Marcel? Because Marcel gives you this positional versatility. Yes, he wasn't a great safety. However, he was fairly decent in coverage. Um, you know, for those, oh no, he really wasn't. I would trust him within inside a ten yard to cover a tight end, right? I would, I don't yes. want to, I don't want him covering guys twenty yards downfield. But if he's going to be a linebacker for this defense, I would not be opposed to him being on this roster because he can play 
coverage within those first from the line of scrimmage to 15 yards. I would trust him within that space. Jonas Griffin gives you that as well. But Marcel Harris gives you a little bit more flexibility to run these three safety looks, to run this big dime type of situation where you can have some of your best coverage guys on the field. You got Fred Warner out there, and then you got Tart, Marcel Harris, and here's Hufanga, and here's Jimmy Ward. And you got this really weird, really weird but exotic look on defense. Um, I really wish this was like video recorded because my hands are all over the place because I'm like trying to piece everything together. So do you take Jonas Griffith or Marcel Harris? Because I'm so that's a, gonna lead Marcel Harris, but I would still be surprised if Jonas Griffith got cut, though. Yeah, that's a tricky question because Marcel Harris does give you that utility role, if you would. Uh, if, if you go down short at safety, then you could have Marcel Harris say, "Hey, you're familiar in the system playing safety. You're gonna be our emergency safety if we have someone go on the IR or whatever it may be. If they have to miss a couple weeks." Um, you're our emergency safety, yet you're also our backup linebacker, our reserve linebacker if we need you there. But then he's also on a one-year deal. With Jonas Griffith, they could at least keep him for more than one year uh, based on how things line out. But with Jonas Griffith, he's only playing linebacker. You don't have an emergency safety with Jonas. And then with with Jonas, you could probably slide him on the practice squad. So then you have that avenue to go as well. That's fair. Um, I guess I wouldn't say this is a surprise, but do you think George Kittle makes the team? George Kittle, that's tough. Um, I know he's a captain. <laughs> uh, I, I know he's probably wide receiver number one. He gets the guys going. You know, he's a big endorsement there, commercials, advertisement. Later. Uh, he's named after the podcast. It's a tough decision, honestly. (laughs) And after thinking this over, I'm going to say yes. I I just have that gut feeling that George Kittle makes this team. Yeah, no, George is fine. He's getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, he'll be here. Um, my other surprise cut, I don't, this is, I have like the weirdest, I guess, people on this team that I'm thinking of because, they are so deep. Do you roll with a Dakota Shepley or um, Jake Brendel? Which one of these guys gets cut here? And, man, this one's tough because I thought Dakota had a really good camp. I thought he had a really good preseason. And same goes for Jake Brendel. But Jake Brendel, I think, gives you a little bit more at the center position because we saw him take snaps at center. This last Sunday and the Sunday prior, uh, or Saturday prior, excuse me, against against the Chargers. Um, so a surprise cut to me, I guess, would be Dakota Shepley. To me, that would be surprising because I thought he played very, very well. I thought he looked better than Colton McKivitz. He looked better than Kyle Kafusi, a couple other guys. But I would understand if he did get cut in favor of a Jake Brendel. Um, the, these are the type of things I'm looking at with this roster because it is so deep. You don't want to lose some of these guys. Could... Dakota get on the practice squad? Probably. Um, but I think they go with Jake Brendel here as opposed to uh, Dakota Shepley. Yeah, uh, I'm in agreement. I think they do also go Jake Brendel here instead of Dakota Shepley. Uh, I would have 
I wouldn't mind if it was the other way around because I think Shepley is is a prospect and you know a, a decent reserve to be as your center too. I, I guess we could say there. Uh, but I think Brandel he looked good in camp. It, he uh, he went to UCLA. He has a bit of more of experience against higher competition than Shepley since he you know came from camp, played college in Canada, and then played in the CFL league. So his way of competition is going to be at a lesser scale than Jake Brendel coming out of, you know, a D1 college in the Pac-12 and then, you know, spending some practice squad time in the NFL as well. So I think they will go Jake Brendel here. Uh, I like what I saw from him in the preseason, and I I think he's a valuable reserve to have. Uh, There is one that I wanted to ask you about. Oh, this guy makes the team, but I'm going to say I'll be shocked if he doesn't would be Tavon Wilson. Like I'm trying to think of guys that'll just blow your mind and be like, wow, he got cut. And I think that's how I feel about Tavon Wilson. They're going to keep four safeties, right? So you're going to keep Tart, mm-hmm. Ufanga, Reward, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I mean, you go with Tavon. Tavon, do you go with Haha, or do you go with Jerry Maiden? I think, I think Maiden's out. I think Haha would get Tony cut. Tony Jefferson. I think you keep Tony Jefferson's not cut yet, correct? He's I think he's totally injured. Yeah, right. He's not cut. So I don't. That's what I'm I don't, saying. Like, what if they kept go, Haha? I think Tavon. I mean, it wouldn't be terrible. It wouldn't be a terrible look. Haha is younger. He is younger. He's three years younger. Um, and Haha hasn't played terribly, uh, in camp or. Uh, these preseason games that he has been in in the building for, so I wouldn't be surprised there. Tavon had a really good camp early on, but he kind of got quiet. Tart looked good on Sunday, as I, as I expected. Tart's going to be the starter, you know, as long as he's healthy, he's the starter on this team. Um, so yeah, I mean, it would be surprised based on what we heard all of camp. Um, but if it means Haha's in and Tavon's out, then I can understand that. Also, there's some money money implications here too. Some of these guys can get cut and be brought back on after week one or another week or, you know, to kind of help the 49ers in their cap situation. So there's that there's that possibility. Like a Mohamed Sanu, like a Tavon Wilson, some of these guys could be cut and then brought back within 24 hours to help the 49ers in their cap situation. So there's some um, money factors here too. I don't, I don't fully understand it because I haven't looked at it all the way through, but it is an interesting portion of all these cuts and how this stuff works out, you know. But yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, that one wouldn't surprise me with Tavon Wilson, but I would understand it if he was on the team. It, it makes a lot of sense to do that. So it'll be it's gonna be interesting. Tomorrow's gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of transactions probably around the league. I'm paying attention to who's getting cut elsewhere because there's a lot of big contracts Correct. that are gonna get cut. Corners, exactly. We need a corner, please. Hey, you think Akella Witherspoon gets cut from Seattle? This is the second time they've traded for a corner in a week uh, and he has not had a good preseason DK has just destroyed him in in camp although that is DK Metcalf I wouldn't be surprised I would not be surprised if he gets cut in camp I don't think he signs with the Niners though but I wouldn't be surprised bring back spoon. Bring back spoon. I would bring he him back he won't be back he won't be back but I, I would, would too. bring him yeah so cuz he was Akella was playing well into the third quarter uh, against the Chargers, which is surprising. 
um, if you're going to be a starter on that defense, which is lacking in so many different areas in the secondary. But we don't talk about the Seahawks too much. But I was paying attention to Keller Witherspoon. I was like, okay, what's going on here? He's getting beat quite a bit. Not surprising, unfortunately. I do enjoy, I do like Keller Witherspoon. I would have kept him. He just doesn't fit. I don't think he fits in that new Seattle defense because it's much different than what it was before. He's more of a fit for the Niners. Um, any other surprise cuts? Any other names that come to mind? I, I really think those are the only two ones that I had on my end. Everyone else is kind of, to me, it's it's pretty much chalk. You got three quarterbacks, five running backs, six wide receivers, three tight ends. I want to say eight offensive linemen, probably 11 defensive linemen, five linebackers, four safeties, and then your specialists. I want to talk about Jalen Hurd. Was he so much of an emphasis because that was his last opportunity watching him against the Oakland Raiders? Oh, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. And Kyle Shanahan just wanted to see him out there to get an evaluation if he makes his team or not. Because if you're keeping Jalen Hurd, you're probably not keeping a Juwan Jennings. Because I'd imagine, especially with, with Richie James Jr. out the door, I'd imagine they would want to keep Nasimba Webster. Um, so if you're keeping Jalen Hurd, then that means one IU, two Debo, three Sherfield, four Sanu, five Hurd, six. I would think it would be Jennings, but then you could go Nasimba Webster. But if you cut Hurd, then you keep Jennings and Webster. Um, so it kind of looked like. Kyle Shanahan just wanted to see him out there to see if he's going to make this team, to see how he looked in game action. That's what I took from it. I don't think it was Kyle Shanahan trying to, you know, get fresh, get heard warmed up for the season. I took it as Shanahan wants to see what this guy has in the tank and if he's going to keep him or, or let him go. What What's your thoughts on the herd situation? Um, I think herd makes a team and I think he's one of the six and Part of this is they work him back in slowly, right? They're going to make sure they're going to give him the Jason Verrett treatment. Work him in, work him in, work him in, and then finally let him go. Not let him go and cut him or anything. Let him go, meaning he's going to get more snaps and more opportunities. What we saw on Sunday, they were force-fitting him the ball. <laughs> he had two drops. Um, he ran a route a little bit too shallow on that on that mesh concept early on in that third and five. Really, only ran the route two yards. He looked confused out there because he hasn't played very much. He hasn't practiced much. So this is one where they're probably going to work him in slowly. I wouldn't expect him to be active the first two weeks. Um, you know, they roll into the game with five wide receivers, and you know, you got your three tight ends. And like we've talked about before, your your top four your top four pass catchers are going to be Kittle. Ayuk, Debo, Sherfield, those are your top four. So whatever you can get out of Hurd later on is, you know, just the cherry on top, right? Um, but yeah, I think Hurd makes his team. You cannot cut this guy after all that you've invested. The third round selection, you helped you you worked through all his rehab just for him to end up in Seattle or Green Bay or somebody where he's gonna end up kicking your ass because he's healthy. And some other training staff put holy water on his knees and he's good to go. So you want to play this all the way out. So Hurd's going to make this team. And I don't think he's active for like the first two or three weeks. He's just a, you know, healthy scratch, quote unquote, until they kind of work him all the way back 
get those calluses back, you know, from practices and things like that. So um, if I had to guess, Debo, Ayuk, Sherfield, Hurd, Sanu, and I'm going to go with Travis Benjamin as my six for the 49ers. Ooh, Benjamin. Yeah, that's where I think I prefer Nasimba Webster over Benjamin. I don't think Benjamin could really offer you much anymore uh, as a return specialist. And I have seen the flashes from Webster. He looks like a pure returner. You could see the difference between him and Richie James Jr. So if Richie James Jr. has been on this team recently and had a shot to make it this year, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to want a return specialist because we haven't really seen anybody else out there, say, from the defensive side of the ball. That's fair. I mean... If we're only disagreeing on one, I think we're good. And this is again by the time you're hearing this, the roster cuts have could have could have been come in, and we could be absolutely wrong in the last two or three of the wide receivers. But this is just based on what we've seen and how the preseason has played out. You got to see them live in in uh, Los Angeles versus the Chargers. You kind of have a good idea and good grasp of what's going on with the wide receiver room. And I'm just looking at snap counts. Heard got a lot of snaps. Benjamin got a ton of snaps. Uh, Nassimba Walker really only got punt return duties and some kickoff return duties. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Lastly, it's going to be an interesting season. Kyle Shanahan has got the best roster he's had since he's gotten here, in my humble opinion. The next next 24 hours should should be good for the 49ers. They should be able to pretty much lock down their top 50 players, and then you'll probably see some rotation in the bottom three of the roster and some practice squad churning uh, over the next 24, 48 hours. Uh, the Niners do not play for another 14 days or 13 days. Season is just around the corner. Thursday night football opens up with Tampa uh, versus Dallas, so that'll be interesting. And we are so close to the season getting here. Um, it's been a long time since the Niners had played meaningful football. I'm just excited for that to get back, and hopefully the Niners can uh, make it just get just get back to the playoffs. Give us a winning season. It's going to be fun to cover them throughout the year. Um, as always, I'm Javi. That is Leo. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Follow my guy Leo here at LeoLuna93. We are in a friendly follower competition. I'm in the lead. Let's keep it that way if people help me out. And then <laughs> make sure you're following everything at the Niner Nation Podcast Network. Shout out to our guys Rob Stats Guerrero and KP uh, for giving us this platform and opportunity to do this. Um, if you have any questions leave them in the reviews we will get to them leave a review that helps us out and we will get to the questions leave it for javi and and leo and we'll look at it and get to the questions we'll probably do a mailbag next week so yeah just drop your mailbag in the review section of the apple comments or dm us tag us on twitter wherever you want to talk to us we will get to those questions and do a mailbag next week but until then everyone stay safe enjoy the week peace